Father, we thank you for this day. We lay our lives down today. We recognize that with you all things are possible. We break the assignments of the enemy. And as we come before you, Father, this Sabbath, I thank you that this is a divine appointment in your presence, that the Sabbath is a set-apart time for us to inquire of you. So, Father, we want to receive from you. We ask by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh that you will minister to each and every one of us. And, Father, we don't come just to receive what we need. We ask to be filled up and overflowing so that we can take the gospel of the kingdom to this generation. So we ask you, Father, to establish in us a made-up mind that we will not be tossed to and fro with uh, the winds of doctrine, with false teachings, with, uh, you know, darkness, uh, deception. We break the spirit of deception. We come against depression. We come against fear, anxiety. Be broken in Yeshua's name. And we ask, Father, that you fill us with the love of Yehovah and the ability to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand. This is our cry today. This is our call to you today. So as we come to the scriptures, that your word will come alive and we want to receive from you. So Father, we just we don't know what's going to happen during this time, but we commit this time to you because we know if you be for us, who can be against us? Who can separate us from your love? So we want our minds to be alert, Father. We want to be equipped for what is ahead. So we just proclaim that this is a time of edification and being built up in the most holy faith. Thank you, Father, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So, you know, yesterday we talked on Joshua chapter 3. And man, I tell you, that uh, area, that, that this these scriptures are something that just... Uh, Bless me so much when we see the life of Joshua stepping into the toes of a great leader like Moses. And, you know, how many times do we see someone who passes away and you think, who's going to step into into their shoes? Who's going to take their place? And it's so amazing to see the faithfulness of Joshua, to see how he has stood the test of time. But there still had to be the, the demonstration power of a mighty God to show the people that I am with Joshua just as I was with Moshe. And we've got to get to that place of understanding that the, 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 the creator of the universe is with you and is with me just as he was with Moshe, just as he was with Joshua, just as he was with David when he took on Goliath. Hallelujah. You know, we can look back at history and, and, and those who did exploits in the name of a mighty king. And we recognize that we are all part of this story, that our chapters are being written right now. So we don't, we don't look at the days in which we live as insignificant, but we recognize the days in which we live are the gathering of the entire story. Hallelujah. So that we can all walk into the fullness together. And I don't believe we are at the end of the end. I still think there's a way to go. Why? Because the gospel of the kingdom has to be preached to the, in, to the ends of the earth. And that's not the gospel that Christianity is preaching. Oh, there'll be signs, there'll be rumors of war, there'll be earthquakes, there'll be famines, there'll be all those different things. But they're, they're not the signs, it's just saying that those things will happen. 
So what is the key sign? The key sign that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the nations of the world. The whole world will hear and will testify to the gospel of the kingdom. And, you know, why we stopped yesterday at chapter 3, well, number 1, we came to the end of the time. But, you know, I wanted us to continue yesterday because I was just so blessed with what we were reading. But I just wanted to be sensitive and just devote more time today to chapter 4 because we do a thing called Livingstone Torah Outreach. And, and, you know, can we preach the gospel from the Torah? Is there something powerful that is coming out of the Torah? Because we see through the whole Torah, we see the manifestation of the Messiah. He is all over the page. Every single book is written about the Messiah. Do you see Yeshua in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through the Tanakh, all the way through the Messianic writings? Do you see Yeshua? He is throughout the whole book. It is all about him. And he is coming to bring the gospel of the kingdom. And this is the reason why he came to the Galilee. He didn't come to the Galilee just because he was looking for, uh, you know, those that were close to the Gentiles or, or the Jews up in the north. That's not why he came there. He made it very specific why he came there in Matthew chapter 4. He came from Nazareth to the land of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill prophecy. And, you know, that the light has come uh, to, uh, let's just turn there, you know, Matthew chapter 4. And we shared this the other day, but we've got to get this in our spirit because this is the foundation of the gospel. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 4, when Yeshua heard that Yohanan had been put in prison, he returned to the Galilee, the Canaanites, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum. Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Hallelujah. So what do we say in Isaiah chapter 9? That's where it comes from, the beginning of Isaiah chapter 9. What's so important about this is that Yeshua was strategically moving in accordance with prophecy and bringing fulfillment of prophecy. For what purpose? to bring the gospel of the kingdom. So Yeshua, when he comes back from the temptations, what's the very first thing he does? You know, as we look at this importance of the move, he moves into position. You know, he goes through the mikvah, this is my son. With him, I am well pleased. Then the Ruach HaKodesh takes him into the wilderness. He is tempted by Hasatan. He is victorious. He says, worship the Lord thy God and serve him only. Get away from me, Satan. <laughs> away from me, Satan, Hasatan. For it is written, worship Yahovah your Elohim and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came to attend him. Hallelujah. This is where we've got to get to. I don't know who you are. You don't know who I am till I face the challenge of temptation, till I face the challenge of difficulty. How do I respond in the midst of those challenges? I don't see who was around Yeshua at this time. He was in the wilderness being tempted by Hasatan. And that's what happens with temptations. That's what happens when the enemy is coming after you. He's not coming after you when you're surrounded by people of faith. He's not coming after you when you're in the council of other believers. You're walking with other believers. You're fellowshipping with other believers. He is waiting for you to get to that place 
where you are on your own. He's waiting for you to step out. And then he wants to bring change to your character, change to your morality, change to your walk, change to your position. And what did Yeshua say as Hasatan came and twisted, twisted the word? You know, did he not say? Did God not say? Did the scriptures not say? And and what did Yeshua do? He did not test Yahovah. He did not listen to the lies of Hasatan. And he used the scripture to come against the temptations. And that's why we need to know the word. That's why we have to stand upon the promises of Yahovah. So when we come to the place where we are anointed, we will be tested. And it was 40 days for Yeshua. And this is very significant concerning coming out of Egypt and the 40 years. Because the 40 years should not have been 40 years. It should have been 40 days in the crossing over. But because of the doubt and the unbelief, a generation had to pass away in the wilderness. And we're going to talk about that in a minute in Joshua chapter 4. So we are rewarded based on our faith. Will you stand in faith? Will you stand, no matter what you go through, will you make a stand in the presence of Yahovah and, and say this, Away from me, Hasatan, away from me, for it is written, Worship Yahovah your Elohim and serve him only. When Yeshua heard, this is verse 12 of Matthew chapter 4, that Yohanan had been put in prison. Why? What's he talking about? What's he seeing? He's saying that, you know, like Yohanan said, John said, I must decrease and he must increase because I am the one who has come to prepare the way. And then when John's put in prison, after the mikvah, all these things happen. You can see the timing of Yahovah. The old is coming to an end. And I'm not saying the old and the new in the way that uh, some people outline it because the Tanakh is just as relevant today even within our kingdom teaching and there's many people teaching in the uh, kingdom theology of the gospel and they want to take you away from the roots of the faith but what are we doing we are getting back to the fruits of the faith how long do you want to spend on the roots you know look you know the only time I'm looking at the roots I, I don't know is anyone ever growing a pineapple <laughs> Why is he talking about pineapples? Yeah, you know, we got some beautiful organic pineapples uh, from the kibbutz, uh, from one of my business partners, delivered uh, some pineapples over. And the pineapples were so juicy, so amazing. I thought, you know what? Why don't I plant, uh, you know, this core, this pineapple core? And I go on YouTube. I'm trying to work out what do you do for this pineapple? How do you grow a pineapple? I've got no idea how to grow a pineapple. And I find out that what you do is you cut the head off the pineapple, you, you know, pull the flesh of the pineapple off the top, and then you put it in some water with some cotton wool in a bowl, and you let the roots form. Now listen, if you go back to the roots and you just let the roots form, but you don't plant them in the ground, guess what? The roots will rot, the water will become stale, and you will not have any growth, and you're not going to bear any fruit. And I believe that this is what's happening with so many people that are waking up to the roots of the faith. They're so focused and concentrated on the roots that they miss the blessing of the fruits. So today, and through this series, and you know, look, it is our pioneer walk, it's our pioneer journey to wake people up and say, listen, praise Yahovah for our roots, but can we move from the place of roots to the place of the fruits 
<laughs> Hallelujah. So anyway, I, I got those roots growing on that pineapple, and I planted uh, the, the pineapples in good soil, some outside. The one in the house, man, it's going like crazy. Uh, the ones outside are still growing well. But do you know how long it takes before you get fruit from a pineapple? Two years. You think, oh, can I even be bothered planting it? What, you mean I've got to wait two years for the fruit? But let me tell you something. Once the fruit starts coming, it's going to come on a regular basis. And this is why it's important that we delve into the Word. This is why it's important that we stand upon the promises of Yehovah, that we get to the place where we are walking into the new. We are crossing over, hallelujah, and getting to the place where we are coming now to the place of the living stones. You know, the gospel that is in the Torah, because the gospel that we should be preaching is the same gospel that was delivered to Abraham. If that's not the gospel we're preaching, then we are, tre- we are preaching an element of truth, a- an element of importance, but it's not the foundational uh, um, uh, message that Yeshua came to deliver. So what did he do? Yohanan is put in prison. He is the last of the great prophets of the Tanakh, hallelujah, and then here comes Yeshua, he's preparing the way, now he must decrease so that Yeshua must increase, hallelujah, and immediately he leaves where he was and he moves strategically to fulfill prophecy. So Father, help us to recognize the time in which we're in, and you look, look, I just want to put a warning out there, be very careful with the prophetic movement. Be very careful with the manipulation and uh, what, what's the word? What's the word for it other than uh, the drive, the, the passion of the prophetic agenda? Because what they want to do is they want to drive through their concept of what they see as truth. And it doesn't matter. They'll try and make it line up with Scripture. They'll try and make it, you know, uh, you know, they'll they'll be convicting with what they say. They'll use the Scriptures to uh, proclaim their message, and they will they will operate in a forceful way to get you to join in the place of agreements. And this is one of the problems I have with the prophetic movement and why I left the prophetic movement in 2003. I saw so much witchcraft. I saw so much manipulation where they thought they were higher than others because of the word. So they want to sit in the pool of the naysayers, all those who will agree with them, who will stir and, and, and fan the flame amongst them so that they can, uh, you know, be encouraged within the delivery. So you can't hear from outside sources. You can only hear from the inner closed circle. And, you know, that's their counsel. That's their foundation. And that's where they base. But if you don't agree with what they're saying, if you don't b- agree with their thus saith the Lord, then guess what? How are they going to look at you? Don't you understand Revelation? Don't you understand the day in which we're living? Don't you know Yeshua's coming back in 10, 15 minutes? You know, don't you know we're on the verge of war in the Middle East and this is it? We're going to come into the mark of the beast. We're going to come into the tribulation. Let me tell you, we are nowhere near that in accordance with Scripture. But you listen to these prophetic voices and listen, nothing's new under the sun. You know, I've been a believer for decades, you know, through the 80s, through the 90s, the 2000s, uh, 
whatever, you know, for the, for the last 40 years, whatever. And, and through all that time, what have I witnessed? I've witnessed the passion of those decades and the voices that have rise, risen in those decades with their warnings of the uh, One World Order, um, the reset, and all those different things. And, you know, look, you can have all this stuff spinning around, and, you know, what's the devil going to do? He wants to bring forth the angel of light, so that even believers will be deceived. Oh, oh! I can make this add up with Scripture. And they move with so much passion, but what ends up happening? Manipulation and control. So if you don't agree, if you're not walking with them, you're excommunicated, you're separated out, you're not important to them. You're a hindrance to where they are heading. But then there'll come a day where they're going to wake up and start realizing, wait a minute, what is going on? You know, why are these things not happening? It was only just a few years ago where there was some teachings from the Torah camps. They were talking about, uh, what year was it? Uh, 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 was it last year or the year before? Maybe the year before. They said that this Passover is going to be the key sign for the end. And that means the tribulation would start in the Sukkot from two years ago. And there was a whole group of them, you know, so passionate. Yeah, this is going to happen and these are the signs. And if this doesn't happen, oh, well, maybe we just got it wrong. And, you know, that's okay. But guess what? You've got all these people who are believing them and they're, they're not set. They're not set. They're just throwing things against the wall. If it sticks, oh, they'll all clap and sing a hallelujah. But where is the wisdom of the Spirit? We don't need people throwing stuff off the wall to see if it sticks doing experiments. You know, we have the medical world, and what are they doing? They're practicing. <laughs> We've got the legal world. What are they doing? They're practicing. But when it comes to living life in the Spirit, we've got the handbook of life, and our God is not practicing. You know, he's not just trying to work things out. He wants us to be on tune. He wants us to be on time. And he wants us to understand clearly that there is a supernatural order to the events that have to take place. And the reason why I'm so passionate against all the blood moon teachings, the humbinger and the, the kings of Israel and how they relate to the presidential uh, candidates or prime, uh, presidents and, uh, and, and important people in politics in the USA. Listen, let me tell you something. The more you start mixing the word, the more you start pulling out the word that's concerning Israel and trying to apply it to a nation, what are you doing? Trying to lift that nation up as if it is the holy braille is that what is that what's happening so then people go through their torah portions and they go through their scripture the only thing they care about is you know where's my nation in the midst of this right now instead of identifying what the spirit is saying through the word in context so what would happen if we just kept it in context then there was one minister uh you know, uh, who wrote The Hambinger, Jonathan Kahn. He was on uh, the show with uh, Jim Baker. And Jim Baker asked him, questions are coming in over this book. You know, aren't you concerned that, that you write all of these things concerning America when they are all concerning Israel? Aren't you concerned about taking it out of context? Is that not an abuse of Scripture? You can go on YouTube and see it. It's still up there on YouTube, the, the interview that Jim Baker had with Jonathan Cann. And this is what he said. If you don't do that, if you don't take the Word of God and apply it to America, <laughs> he said, what would you preach on Sunday? I'm like, are you kidding me? 
is is this really what is being said is this is what is this what is being told and and i i have to put a warning out there against this form of teaching this form of how uh you know the manipulation the false prophets you know uh, and how they deliver you know get ready you know the blood moons and the 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 smita and all these things are going to happen get your money out your bank you know the whole money system's going to crash uh, it's highly likely the entire stock market's going to crash make sure you've got all your shares out and guess what you've got people running around changing so many things on the words of these people who are false prophets with false promises with a false message and what's happening you've got all these people wow wow this is amazing this is happening oh there was such an anointing i don't care how powerful the anointing is if it goes against the word then you've got to say it as it is. You've got to speak against those things so that we see the alignment of the Spirit. So look, my focus is not to come against individuals, but you know, when you've got international leaders that are standing up and bringing uh, words of deception that are uh, uh, causing hindrances and uh, injuring the body of Messiah, then someone has to speak out against these things. We cannot just be silent in the midst of these things. So Yeshua, what's he doing? He comes out of the wilderness. He is victorious over the temptations of Hasatan. He finds out that Yohanan, that John is put in prison. Then he leaves Nazareth. He knows this is the time. I now have to position myself to do what? To fulfill what was said through the prophets. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. From that time on, Yeshua began to preach. Just pray this prayer after me and ask me to come in, live in your heart. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, it doesn't matter what translation of the scriptures you use. You are not going to find that written in your Bible. What it says, it says, from that time on, from that time on, saying, this is the key message. This is the core. This is the reason why I am here. Yeshua said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. So maybe I just had to get that out of my spirit just to wake people up. I am not going to be moved by lying devils. And I don't care how, praise the Lord, hallelujah, they get you know, when we are conflicting against the word and leading people astray. And listen, you, you would never believe how many people have contacted me that tried to transfer all their money to Israel, thinking the only economy that's going to stand is the Israel economy, that the whole world's going to collapse. You know, this is what I've been with. Listen, you know, for the last eight, ten years in the land of Israel, there's always something that's going to be rising up. There's always another sign. There's always another thing. You know, we had the swine flu in the 70s and the mass vaccinations and all of the disasters that came out of all of that. You know, we've had plagues, we've had wars, we've had world wars, we've had massacres on huge levels. We've had famines where we had to have live aid to save millions of people's lives. There was, there's, there's been so many events in the history of the world where literally tens of millions of people have suffered. 
And through each generation, we are going to see so many uh, events that are devastating and very hard to stand. But it doesn't mean we jump up and say, this is it. This is the last moment. Why? We have to see the restoration of the whole house of Israel. This is the gospel. And just because the Jews... Uh, unsaved Jews have come back to the land and we have modern day Zionism, it does not mean the clock is ticking. Because modern Zionism is an angel of light. (laughs) And you know, I, I don't say that likely. I am an Israeli citizen and I stand for this nation and I pray for this nation and I am blessed to be an Israeli and I'm going to press in to see the kingdom of Yehovah come. But the problem we have here, the believers in the land have lost, they've lost the vision of how we are going to bring the kingdom to this land. I was just listening to one uh, Israeli uh, ministry who was... Um, uh, broadcasting in uh, the, the the Jezreel Valley. And, you know, he was just sharing about uh, COVID and all these different things and the time in which we're living. And yet, then he starts making these statements. And it could even well be that even before the end of 2020, this was recorded live a couple of days ago, even before the end of 2020, the Messiah could return. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know... But it wasn't just the Messiah could return, that we get out of here. He was talking about the rapture. He kept referring to the rapture, that we're going to get out of here. I'm not, I'm not referring word for word. Emphasis mine. You know, just giving you the overview. And this is the problem with the majority of the body of Messiah. We have no vision. But yet the homosexuals and the lesbians and, um, you know, all these different organizations, the the, the Islamic um uh, agenda within Europe. You know, we don't need to come in and fight. All we have to do is have more babies, grow big families, and after generation, 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 eventually we will be the majority, and then through democracy, we get to rule and reign, and we can bring in Sharia law. So their vision goes beyond 10 years. This is not the three-year plan or the five-year plan. Man, this is generational plans to bring in the purpose. And here we have the believers, and the majority of the believers are like, oh, I just can't, I just, oh, you know, things are getting tough. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come, and let's have the rapture. Let's get out of here. So where's their vision? How are we going to dominate and bring the kingdom to this land in this day? Oh, we don't have a vision for that. You know, I've traveled around the nations and I've taught on the importance of outreach and evangelism. And I've, I've looked at so many blank faces in the Hebraic walk where they just, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm wearing tzitzit. So if someone asks me the question, why are you wearing tzitzit? That's my opportunity to share a little bit about the Torah. I'm like, where is the agenda for us to be effective in outreach, in saving and ministering to the lost and the brokenhearted and bringing healing to this generation? Where's, where's the agenda? Where's the vision for these things? And after a few years of traveling and speaking hundreds of times, I have to tell you, all I saw was so many people who could get excited for the, per- the first 5, 10, 15 minutes. And then when you leave, it's like, then they're just back to their Torah portions, midrash, having a rash in the middle as they sit around their little campfires trying to gain more information about the Torah. Because what? We're so focused on the root. 
And what do we need to be? We need to be focused on the gospel of the kingdom. So we're not going to spend all our time on the root. We're going to plant the root in good soil, which is the word of Yahovah. Praise the name of Yeshua. And we're going to see growth and we're going to see fruitfulness within our life for the purposes of the king. So, yeah, I'm getting off on one right now because I'm, I'm blessed because I'm recognizing this is such an important time. And we haven't got time to be caught out and manipulated and pushed down wrong channels. We can't do it. We're not called to be there. So run through the camp and tell the people to get ready. <laughs> Joshua chapter 1 verse 19. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you're going to cross the Jordan. Can you imagine hearing the instructions from Joshua as you're in that place of waiting? Moshe is dead. Now Joshua is rising up and here comes the leadership comes the the command come on people we're going to rise up are you going to follow me you don't have to follow me you don't have to choose to follow me but are we following Yehovah? Are we walking in his ways? Are we going to go and take possession of the land? And what do we see? We see signs and wonders and miracles in the direction and the path of Yehovah. And prophecy is being fulfilled. I cannot wait till we get to the place where we no longer talk about the first exodus. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, we've had millions of Jews that have come back to the lands and we are still talking about the first exodus. You know, I get to do the Passover here. And let me tell you something. We are still talking about the first exodus. So what does it say in Jeremiah chapter 16? By the way, we are going to read from Joshua. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow. But in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 14. However, the days are coming, declares Yehovah, when men will no longer say, Surely as Yehovah lives, who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but they will say, Surely as Yehovah lives, who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north, out of all the countries where he had banished them, for I will restore them to the land I gave to their forefathers. Hallelujah. I will restore them to the land. <laughs> you know, are we ready for this? Are we standing upon the rock? Are you ready to see his kingdom come and his will done? Are we going to rejoice in the scriptures or are we just going to shrink back? Are we going to see his promises? The promise we see here is not the promise to Judah. It is the whole house of Israel. It's the whole house of Israel. So that's what we've got to recognize, that this is time for us to rise up and recognize that, you know, the whole house of Israel has to return. And it doesn't have to return to, to some democratic nation uh, where uh, lawlessness is allowed to rule within this land. That's not the, that, that's not the representation of the king of kings. You know, you go to Lebanon, you go to um, Iran, you go to um, Iraq. You know, you can't have gay marches. You can't have the gay pride events because that is unacceptable to Islam. It's unacceptable. You're not going to get away with it. You know, you want to go try and do it. They'll fling you in jail. They'll hang you up. They'll kill you. 
come to the land of Israel, and we are meant to be representing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, according to the scriptures. And what, what do the leaders of our nation do? They stand up and they say, we welcome you. Come, bring your profanities to this nation. We want you to come. Oh yeah, you want a gay pride through the old city of Jerusalem? No problem. The occult, you want to come and, and do an occultic march through the old city? No problem. You know, we are diverse. We're open to all these different things. No, 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 no. You know, that's, that's not the nation I'm looking for. That's not the people I'm looking for. So what's our job here? Our, our job here is to dominate and bring the kingdom of Yehovah, proclaim his kingdom so that salvation can come to this land, that we can wake people up to the reality of who Yeshua the Messiah is, that people will come to know who he is. Oh man, I tell you, I don't know about you, but I am getting blessed. I'm getting blessed. Why? Because I get fired up when we start talking about the gospel of the kingdom. When we preach about the gospel of the kingdom, I love the words repent for the kingdom of Yahovah is near. What does it mean to repent? It means not just, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm so- oh, you caught me. I'm sorry. That was bad. My bad. No, repent means a change of mind. A change of heart. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to come back to who Yehovah intended me to be. I'm not going to walk this way any longer. I'm going to walk with the authority that Yehovah has given me. What What is the Father seeking to do? He's seeking to bring, to bring restoration. He's seeking to restore that which is broken from the fall in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. We are part of the restoration plan of a mighty God. I don't know about you, but if we can just get a hold of this and get fired up in our spirit, come on, are are we laying hands on the sick? Are we standing together in intercession and praying to see the victory of Yehovah? Are we seeing the signs and wonders and miracles following the preaching of the gospel? Oh, you know, I'm not really interested in that. All I'm interested in doing is learning about the roots and forgetting about the fruits. Why, you spend too much time on the roots, you're going to rot out those roots and you're going to be no good for the kingdom of Yehovah. And you know what needs to happen? You need to clean off all those old roots that you've been soaking in the wrong water. You've been soaking in religion and you need to uh, cut them all off and get rooted And let your roots be surrounded with the kingdom and the importance of his kingdom. So, Father, I pray that you restore the true vision that should be in our hearts, that you will deliver your people from the get-out-of-here mentality where we're not making any plans because we don't care. (laughs) We're not... We're two men walking up a hill, one disappears, one's left standing still. I wish we'd all been ready. Oh, I'm going to get taken out here. I don't need to worry. Let me tell you something. You are not going to get taken out. That's not what it says in the scripture. We will be caught up for the wedding supper of the Lamb, but we will go through the tribulation. We will not be here for the wrath of Yehovah that pours out. But, you know, you've got to get the understanding that your destination is not heaven, you know. One of our favorite DC song talks of the past. Heaven bound, don't you know I'm heaven bound. Heaven bound, reaching for that higher ground. 
you know, this is what we've been pumping into the generations from the 80s and the 90s. Heaven bound. Come on. We're going to heaven. When I die, I get to go to heaven. I get to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Guess what? Your destination and your purpose is not in heaven. And that's why when the dead Messiah are raised and they receive their bodies and we are caught up and we receive uh, our new bodies, guess what? We are going to live and rule and reign here on earth for the millennial and then in the new heavens and the new earth. Our destination was never heaven. We don't need to get to heaven. We are called to rule and to reign and to dominate here on earth. And when we start to understand that and start having passion about the purposes of Yehovah here on earth, maybe we'll start caring about the broken-hearted, caring about those in need, instead of thinking that all we've got to do is get to the roots, understand the roots, and get out of here. No, we have got to get to the roots, yes, of course, until those roots are big enough that we can plant them into the soil and that we can grow and that we can be fruit-bearing. Hallelujah. That's, that's what I'm expecting to see within my life. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Praise the name of Yeshua. A made-up mind. That's that's where I'm at, and that's where I want us all to be, at the place of a made-up mind. You know, the Father has given you your own will. You know, you can make your decisions. That he, he has, He's called you to rule and to reign, right? He has not called you to be ruled, all right? You have to submit to him of your own free will. If you choose not to, that's okay. You, you don't have to. It might not go well for you, but... What's the Father looking for? He's looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and truth because they choose, because they want to know Him. How much, how much do you want to know Him? Do you really, are you really passionate to know Him? Or, or are you just happy with knowing about Him? I just don't want to get too close to you, Yahovah. Because if I get too close to you, well, you know, I might just become a little too radical. Or, you know, I might, you know, I, I, I want to stay in that mediocre place where... People will like me and, you know, hopefully you'll like me, but I'll be popular everything will be cool and everything will be good. No, 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 no. Friendship with the world is hatred towards God. That one word, that word world is the word cosmos. It's not the same word as earth. It means, uh, you know, it, it means the makeup of the systems. If it's the political world, the educational uh, world, the commerce, and, you know, that's what entertainment is talking about, all those areas. And guess what? We might be in the world, we're not of it, but we are called to bring influence and change. That's why we shouldn't be checking out of how we function in society. And this is the one main reason why the father called me back into business many, many decades ago. He, you know, I was living by faith, you know, ministering, discipling, training, winning people to Yeshua. The father said, I'm calling you back to business. I'm like, get behind me, Satan. How dare you sound like the Holy Spirit? I didn't understand because I was brought up in fellowships and churches that, that said, you know, if you're, if you're in the ministry, that's the highest calling. And then here's God saying, I want you back in business. And I'm like, get behind me. That's the spirit of mammon. I want to rise up and be in ministry. And then after three months of the Holy Spirit waking me up every day and saying, I'm calling you back in business. And, you know, not listening. Why? Because I don't understand. And that's what I said to the father. One day I woke up. He didn't say, I've called you back to business. After three months, every day, he said this to me. You are disobedient. 
I'm like, oh boy, okay. I got up and went in my uh, study and I'm like, God, what do you mean I'm disobedient? I don't want to be disobedient. I don't want to be out your will. What am I missing? He said, I have called you back to business. And I got on my face before Yahovah and I said, I repent before you, Father, but I don't understand. This is a new way. What we talked about yesterday, this is a path I've never gone before. Even though I was in business from my childhood and, and then I gave up all my businesses to go live by faith and to travel the nations and to minister. And then here's the father calling me back into business. And I said, okay, father, you want me back in business? Here I am. Whatever you have for me, whatever you call me, I will go. And a few hours later, a multimillionaire knocks on my door and said he was just flying back from America and he had an open vision where the, the Holy Spirit revealed to him to give me the business and give me unlimited resources, give me a secretary, offices, car, whatever I needed, go do it. And, okay, Father, I'm in business. Okay, here we go. And I've been in business from that time to this time. Why? Business and ministry run on the same tracks. You know, we shouldn't be separated from the world system. Then the Father started to teach me on the importance of how to be effective in the marketplace, how to be effective in the places that we go. And that's why we've got to rise up. We've got to get out. We've got to get into the marketplace and, and share the knowledge of Yahovah. How many people in business have I seen that's dropped to their knees, repenting to Yahovah, being supernaturally transformed? How many people have I seen healed in the marketplace because, you know, how else would I have been in these meetings in these places where these outpourings have taken place? I remember one day I was in uh, getting set up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, there was a gentleman called John uh, who came uh, to do some repairs at our house, and he shared a few things with us, and then he just dropped to his knees. He says, you people are holy people. I'm on the verge of suicide. And the father started to minister to him, brought restoration to his life, restoration to his family. And, you know, I started to mentor him and, and share with him. And, you know, uh, one day I, I, I was stuck in the UK for a number of months because my visas were denied for America. And I had a house in America, everything. And anyway, they sw I got stuck in Britain, couldn't leave. They, I just got a new house there. Uh, my refrigerator was full. You know, I paid all my deposits to my electric, my gas, and all this different stuff. Well, anyway, guess what they did? They cut all my power. They cut all this, even though they were holding $1,500 and all different amounts for different utilities. They cut all my utilities. So what happened to my refrigerator and freezer? Pfft, all melted. Man, it was like a science experiment in there when I came back. And uh, after I launched a satellite network in London... Um, I was flying back from Dallas, uh, Texas to Charlotte, North Carolina just to check on the house before I went back to the UK uh, to get um, my family because we just got our visas to come into the States. And, you know, I called up uh, John. I said, listen, John, I've got to buy a car. I've only got X number of hours. You live here. Can we just get together? Can you help me get a car? He said, Sure. So he came to the house, and we, we started to drive off and his pickup. And I said, listen, just pull over. Let's pray. And as I was praying, the Father gave me a word. And I, I just said, Father, I have such a short window to find a vehicle. 
We ask, Father, for your direction that you'll take us to the right place. And as a sign of your favor on our lives and your blessing over the vehicle that we're going to buy, this chariot, hallelujah, I pray that you pour out, <laughs> you know, in fact, I didn't say this. I started to prophesy. God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on the dealership where you buy this vehicle. And there's going to be revival and a mighty outpouring of my spirit right there on the car lot. So I'm praying this. And here's my disciple, John, you know, Baptist John. <laughs> Not John the Baptist, just Baptist John you know, from the south, and he's like, you know, come on, this guy's a little crazy, isn't he? And I'm like, you know, I, I said, listen, I'm telling you, this is what the Holy Spirit says. We're going to go in and get this car. You're going to see a mighty outpouring of the Spirit, and it's not going to be because of anything we say and do. It's be because of the greatness of God. And he's like, okay, I'm up for that, you know, because he was starting to see signs, wonders, and miracles. He saw the blessings, the transformation within his life. So we go to this car lot, and we're looking around, and um, I see this. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get things within my budget. I had you know, a certain amount of money within my budget, and I, I couldn't get the car I wanted in the budget. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at cars, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not even getting in that. I'm not driving that. Then they had the cars that you know, I'd had before. I had two Lincoln Navigators before in America. And there's this Lincoln Navigator. It's double the money to the car I was looking at. Used secondhand. And um, I'm like, all right, let me take that out and test drive it. I take it out, test drive it. And even though it's double the money, I said, okay, I'm going to buy it. Right, I'm buying this car. So we come back to the dealership. And they're doing the paperwork. And, of course, I don't have my social security. I don't have insurance or any of that type of stuff. So I have to put the car into John's name and everything so we're getting things set up i give them the check you know it's all processed to get the title deed done everything anyway the owner walks into the salesman's office of this car lot and he drops to his knees at the side of the desk and he starts weeping and howling like a baby and he's calling out god have mercy on me and he's repenting of his sins he's saying set me free set me free deliver me and the glory of yahovah starts filling this place it is insane guess what there was no fish on the back of john's truck that that says he was a christian we didn't walk in with jesus loves you this i know there was nothing written on our t-shirt there was nothing there was no signs anywhere that could identify with who we are we never talked about what we did we never talked about who we were we're just buying a car and the glory of yahovah is manifesting and we're seeing the kingdom of god come hallelujah and this is what we should be seeing within the marketplace. Do you have an expectation of these things? Or is our mind on the wrong channel? I have made up my mind. My mind is set that I want to see and I want to walk in the supernatural and signs and wonders and miracles. And I want to bring the true gospel of the kingdom, the gospel that we see in the Torah, the gospel that Yeshua taught. Yeshua was fulfilling prophecy within the Torah and in the Tanakh. Hallelujah. Moshe says, there's one coming like me. You must shamar, you must listen to him. If you do not, you will be completely cut off. 
So when I share with the Jewish people and the religious Jewish people, I say to them, why do you disobey Moses? They're like, what are you talking about? He said clearly there is one coming like him and you must listen to him. And that is Yeshua of Nazareth. Yet you refuse to listen to him. And according to the Torah, if he truly is the Messiah, you are cut off in all of your worship, everything that you do, everything that you proceed to do in religion and Judaism is for nothing. Wow, that opens our eyes and gets the conversation going. Let me tell you something. You know, how many times have I said to religious Jews, you have no covenant with God because you disobey Torah. They're like, what are you talking about? And then I start showing them through the word and all of a sudden they're like, goodness me, why? I've never seen this before. I've never read Isaiah 53 before. I've never read these scriptures before. I've never read um, Psalm uh, 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why, have you so, why are you so far from me? They pierced my hands. They pierced my feet. They cast lots for my garments. They ripped the beard off my face. Every one of my bones is out of joint. Wow. Written in the book of Psalms. The crucifixion of the Messiah before crucifixion ever happened. It wasn't even there. Well, we haven't even got to Joshua chapter 4 yet. But you know what? We've got to lay the foundation of the gospel of the kingdom. We've got to get to that place where we lay the foundation of the gospel in Torah. And, you know, maybe we've said what needs to be said here today. Maybe we're going to just get on to Joshua chapter 4 tomorrow. I don't know about you, but that's okay with me. Because, you know, we want to take our time here in the Word and flow in the Spirit of Yahovah. I want us to be connected to Him. I want us to rid ourselves of the, the, the false, rid ourselves of the nonsense that's going on out there, uh, you know, and stop being caught up in the wow of, you know, look, you know, I, I know one uh, prophetic gentleman who, you know, went into with Saddam Hussein and when he stood before Saddam Hussein, it was like something happened to him. He was so wowed at the greatness of this man that the prophecies concerning him started to go off track and it wasn't words that were coming from Yahovah. It was someone who had been caught up in the moment in the presence of natural... <laughs> Uh, greatness. That's the only way to describe it, even though this person had been around many world leaders, uh, but something just happened to him in the presence of that leader, and false prophecies came forth. So I don't care if the roof's about to blow off, while the anointing's so strong, the glory of God is so great. You can have all of those things, but if it doesn't line up with the Word, then it's it's non and void. It's not, it's not legal. It's not right. It's not... You know, you can't be falling all over the floor, barking like dogs, being as drunk in the spirit as you think you can be till you can't even function. And then you think, you think this is a mighty move of God. Are you kidding me? When it says in my word, be sober-minded. We're part of the army of Yehovah. What are you doing lying on the floor drunk on duty? There's no profession you can be in where you can be plastered out your box and think that you can function within your role. So what's the enemy doing? He's disarming the body of Yehovah and calling it a move of the Spirit. <laughs> well, you know, you came too late for me with these things. I'm not, I'm not coming over to your, 
to your uh, revival camps to get filled up. <laughs> no, I'm going to get filled up and have revival right where I am. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to get to the place where we think we've got to get drunk in the spirit and we've got to get all these things. But who is endorsing this stuff? Where is it coming from? Are we missing something here? So what are we doing? Stuck on the roots? Or are we going to get into the fruits of the Spirit? But we need the balance. We need the whole counsel of the Word. We need to walk in His ways. This is a great time to connect with the gospel of the kingdom through the Torah. And, you know, we're going to stop here and we're going to pray. And tomorrow we're going to do Joshua chapter 4. Hallelujah. I can't wait. You know, I've got some great stuff to share on this. <laughs> I love this portion of Scripture. Some people are just stuck on Joshua chapter 1. But let me tell you something. It's so incredible when we see this crossing over. And I want to invite you, cross over, cross over to the other side. Every one of us, when we come to a knowledge and, and, and the saving knowledge of Yeshua the Messiah, you will enter straight into the wilderness. Oh, well, I'm born again, filled with the Spirit. I'm set free. No, you ain't free yet. You're not walking in freedom. You might be still smoking your cigarettes. You might be still drinking your booze. You might still have a lot of problems in your life just because you prayed the prayer. There's a restoration. There's a change that needs to take place within your life. There's the renewing of your mind. There's the setting of your heart. There's receiving the word of Yehovah. There's discipleship that needs to take place. You've got to be qualified in the place of the wilderness so that you can cross over into the promised land. And Yeshua is the one that brings us into the land. Yes, but we have to be mikvahed through the Red Sea. We have to be mikvahed through the Jordan. We've got to cross over. And, you know, are we, are we truly walking in his ways? Have we surrendered truly to Yehovah? You know, we've got to ask ourselves those questions. I challenge myself on this stuff on an ongoing basis, and I encourage you to do so as well. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be the same as what I was last year. I don't want to be the same as I was last week. I want to be going from glory to glory. I want to see his presence increase. I want to see the knowledge and the wisdom of Yehovah not, not coming upon me, but coming through me to bring change to this generation. So I want your expectations to be high in the Spirit. And I want you to understand in everything you do in faith, you must never be manipulated or controlled on anything that you do. We have got to be in the place where we, out of the act of our will, that we make a decision that we are going to walk with Yehovah, that we're going to lay our lives down, truly lay our lives down. Have you laid your, laid your whole life down before him? How much, what percentage have you given to God? Maybe as we go into this Sabbath, that's something we need to look at. How much does God have of you? Come on, be real with yourself. Be real with yourself. You don't have to share it with me. You don't have to share it with others. But what we need to do is we need to challenge ourselves and where we stand. Is God really pleased with us? Are we really walking the way we need to walk? Come on, we all fail. I'm not speaking condemnation. I'm just saying if it wasn't for the Messiah, you know, we our righteousness is as filthy rags. But, you know, it's not too difficult just to submit to God. Through the act of your will. I submit to you, Father. I want to see your kingdom come. I want to be a truth proclaimer of your kingdom. 
to this generation. So, Father, we thank you for this word tonight. We thank you, Father, for what you are revealing to us as we are pressing in. And I know we didn't get to where we thought we were going to go tonight, but that's okay. Because I believe that you are are, are realigning the foundation. You're, you're allowing us to put sticks down to check what ground we are really standing upon. And we thank you, Father, that you are... That you brought the Messiah, Yeshua, into prophetic alignment. And we ask you, Father, to bring us, individually and corporately, into prophetic alignment so that we can be effective for your kingdom. Forgive us when we go off doing our own thing in your name, without your permission. And help us to steer back to who you've called us to be so that we can be truly focused on the words and the direction that you want us to walk in. Help us to be alert in the days and the times in which we are living. So we commit our ways to you. We thank you for this Sabbath. We we praise Yahovah that we can enter into your rest. We bless your holy name. So have your way amongst us. That's our desire. That's our heart's desire. That you create in us a new heart and renew a right spirit within us. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with the message tonight. You know, some of the statements and things that I might have said might have shocked a few people. But you know what? Sometimes we've just got to start dealing with it. You know, I was speaking with uh, uh, one of the group earlier today on a difficult subject that many people just want to not talk about, uh, dealing with marriage and divorce and remarriage and these different things. And, you know... (sighs) It's getting very close to when we have to start dealing with this stuff and start saying, what you know, what is the biblical order? It doesn't matter how many people it offends or what the effects of the offense is in these areas. These are areas that we need to deal with. How do we live holy and pure lives before Yehovah? So I, I don't know. I'm just getting, I'm getting stirred up with the reality of his truth. And it, man, I, I tell you what, it grieves me when I hear these voices proclaiming all this nonsense that sounds so good, it sounds so well delivered. But, you know, they don't tell you about all the research they never put in their books because it, it, didn't, it didn't fit what they were trying to say within their books. So, oh, no, I better not put that in there. That doesn't fit the model. But this fits the model. That fits the model. But you take things out of context and you start painting another picture, you know, you better call it science fiction, you know, because this is not fiction. This is science fiction. This, you're you're over there, uh, at non-fiction, not science fiction. You're 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 over there painting uh, a story of fables. You're not painting the pictures of the scripture. You can't take it out of context and think that's okay for your Sunday message. No, we need the scripture within context. We need things in order. So don't go around following those that want to take things out of order at the cost of losing touch with what the scriptures are truly talking about. And more than anything, losing touch with the gospel of the kingdom so that we end up preaching a false gospel. And, you know, that's not what we want to be. We want to know the gospel that Yeshua preached and walked in, and that's where we want to walk. Hope you've been blessed and encouraged with the message today. If you have...
at bulldozerfaith.com. If you're blessed and encouraged with the ministry, I encourage you through this 40 days, let's be givers. Let's pour in to the ministry. We've got great uh, mountains that, you know, we have faith, we're standing. I know those mountains are coming down. But, you know, how do the mountains come down? The Father uses the body of Messiah that we come together to make a difference. So, so seeds into bulldoze of faith, into the ministry, the work that we do here in Israel and in the nations and stand with us. And I also want you to stand with the Lachance family. I'm going to just post a link here because I just feel to do that. Uh, if I can find it, hold on. Oh, what's going on here? Uh, maybe it'll be for the political party in uh, America or something like that. This is the GoFundMe for the Lachance fa- f- uh, family. I just want you to lift up Ubery uh, over this Shabbat. Come on, let's stand in the gap. And just ask the Father, Father, in the mighty name of Yeshua, bring transformation. Bring a miracle of healing. We curse this cancer together. We say to this leukemia, get out of this child's body in Yeshua's name. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Yeshua. By the stripes of Yeshua, she is healed. We pray for the Lachan's family. We just ask you to surround the whole family right, right now, that they may be surrounded by the love of Yahovah, that you will meet every need they have, that you will help them bring the community of believers around them, those that are online and those that are around them, physically help them, support them through this time as they minister to their child. And we pray for the other siblings that you will look after their whole family during this time. So we ask, Holy Spirit, be their comforter, be their help. And Father, we just want to show our love towards their family and just pray and stand in the gap for them. So every day, come on, let's lift them up. Let's stand in the gap. If you can give, if if you can give a donation, you know, they're, they're trying to raise $10,000 just for the support. You're talking about a three-year journey before them, but we're believing for a miracle of transformation. But right now they need help you know, so that they can have the refreshments that they need to be strong to support their daughter in the hospital in Missouri. And um, whereabouts is she? St. Louis, Missouri. So, uh, Father, we just thank you by the power of your name for victory in Messiah. Hallelujah. We come into the prayer of agreement. Amen. Thanks for watching. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow where we are going to get into Joshua chapter 4. So that's just the introduction. I'm telling you, I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting a shifting. Man, you can get ready to report some earthquakes that's going to happen in the heavenlies tomorrow because when the word of God is spoken forth, it's going to shake up a few things, isn't it? And let it shake up things within my heart, within your heart. You know, I just want truth. I don't know about you. You know, I don't I don't want all the fluff, man. I don't, I don't want all the fairy tale fluff stuff. I want the truth and the knowledge of the gospel of the kingdom. Hallelujah. All right, till tomorrow, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you.